go Big 12 or go home. I'm Brandon Shanahan, joined as always by Iowa Broadcasting legend Drew Russell. Drew Russell, what a weekend. How's it going up north? Man, it's great. You know, when you get a 70-degree day in the upper Midwest in February, you're going to smile, Brandon. That's guaranteed. That's, That's what we got here today. It has been great. What a weekend indeed for Big 12 basketball, the league that continues to deliver on absurd entertainment. Wild overtime game in Waco. We get a buzzer beater in Stillwater. We have got fan bases that are angry, demanding coaches getting fired potentially. I mean, this is what it's all about, in my opinion. It doesn't get any better than that. First question for you, Drew Russell. We got some uh, some college football news. Oh, man, it looks like I got off the, the beaten path there. I was looking too much at Roger Sherman's Twitter, not enough at guy Brett McMurphy. UMass joining the uh, the MAC conference starting in 2025 in all sports. Well, I mean, we really can't escape conference realignment. Just when you thought that we were we were set for the time being, you know, it's such a small blip on the radar, but to me it's half significant, Brandon, just because of this. Massachusetts and Temple, both historically good basketball programs. Uh, Temple, a lot of success in the 80s, 90s, thousands. UMass, they had some success. Uh, a guy that is always an honest and integrity, a uh, lot of integrity in uh, John Calipari. He coached at UMass. They went to a Final Four with him. You know, he's a king of integrity. So, uh, look, those are two big basketball powers. They're both making in moves because of, you know, the money generator, which is college football. But I kind of wish they went and looked at a fellow Northeast school in the UConn Huskies who made a move to the AAC many years ago, Brandon. Uh, because they want to keep their football program relevant. It made sense because, again, football drives money. But their basketball program, which is a great basketball program, they <laughs> suffered quite a bit. They were bad. They were really bad. And they decided, you know what? We're going to go independent in football. We might not be good, but we're going to rejoin the Big East in everything else, including basketball. Now they're national champions again. I'm not saying UMass and Temple are going to be national champions, Final Four, or anything like that for hoops. But I do think that's going to hurt their hoops programs. Um, and I think, again, geographically, the A-10 makes more sense for uh, both those schools as well. Yeah, and I, I don't know. We're kind of talking about beforehand. I, I'm just so curious what goes into to those conversations because I imagine like in the, the conference realignment talks that we've been so ingrained with over the last couple of years i mean it's all about money and like all the other problems like the the geographical the geography the tradition that can all be fixed with money but i mean these guys aren't in big money so then things like geography resources uh tradition that stuff does still really matter i wonder what, what what goes into those conversations hey well you and i were i i just i would love to be a fly on the wall on so many sports conversations. But yeah, I'm sure unlike those other major realignment talks from a few years ago where they're more secretive, you know, there's some hidden Zoom calls, probably some closed door meetings at your local Hyatt hotel, uh, you know, where you're not going to see anything. I'm telling you, this one was done out open. I'm saying you and I are in agreement. They went to Applebee's. They went to Chili's. They got a two for 20. 
They said, let's have a fun time. Let's get some dollar margaritas. And I think that's exactly how this deal went down. No hiding here, folks. People aren't going to recognize uh, probably that admin as much as, say, a president or AD of Texas or Oklahoma. So I'm telling you, this was done, I think, at a local uh, chain restaurant. I'm, you heard it here first. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, between you and I, I think that's where all business should be conducted. I mean, are you not just happier when you're, you know, talking and got a blooming onion, right? I mean, how do you, how are you not going to be happier? You go to a local Texas roadhouse, you got a hot roll. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, come on now. You get some honey butter with that bad boy, and then they come out a little bit later with a, a steak or whatever. You're going to be in a better mood. I mean, you're going to be more relaxed. Yeah, I mean, overall, I would just feel so much better about the state of college football if this Big Ten SEC alliance or, excuse me, advisory committee is what they're calling it. If they were to meet at an Applebee's or a Texas Roadhouse, then, you know, the shady Dallas hotels that they're they're, they're meeting at now. Well, it's like, you know, college football, I feel like those are the places to establish business. Like, if this is the NFL... Okay, look, let's be honest here, Brandon. Roger Goodell is going to be going to a very fancy, probably a little, you know, you know, three-star Michelin restaurant in New York City, and they're going to be paying hundreds to thousands of dollars in that final bill. You kind of expect that. I mean, it's just kind of a higher class in a way. At the same time, college football, if they're doing that, then they've lost their entire audience. Have you met the average college yeah. football fan? This is the common show across the board. These meetings need to be happening there. For all I care, hold it at Culver's. Go to a Culver's in the Midwest. You're Culver's, in the Midwest. There's no shady business being done in Culver's. I'll tell oh, you what. It's just good, hardworking people enjoying a Butterburger and, and some cheese curds. Go to a oh, Whataburger. Man. You can't tell me you're not going to just find some good salt-of-the-earth people at a Whataburger. So that's just my take. Uh, but I'm with you, Brandon. I mean, come on. I, my, I'm personally way more relaxed in those environments compared to Hey, let's go to a nice restaurant. Um, don't get me wrong. Food's usually great. Service great. Not complaining necessarily. I can even stomach the price here and there, but like you're not as relaxed. And I think yeah. it's just, I come from a, you know, more middle-class environment myself. So I am more comfortable personally in chain restaurants. I'm guessing that that admin for uh, UMass and Temple were as well. Absolutely. Um, not necessarily realignment news, but, but something that was, uh, you know, shared across my desk from the, the Greg Swaim show, who I, uh, heard was, uh, referred to as the Alex Jones of college football. So, um, oh. his, his, um, his sourcing may not be the, uh, the, the, the big J journalism that we're looking for, but, he mentions that there might be some realignment news with the Big Ten getting Notre Dame and Texas A&M, which I think would be the, the Big Ten obvious target for the for the Big Ten. That one doesn't surprise me, but the Texas A&M uh, smoke, that one does make me laugh, and that would be very funny to me. You know, uh, why is A&M unhappy? They, I, are they really that bitter that Texas – is going to come into their conference after they left over a decade ago. Yeah. I, Are they that bitter, the Brandon? softest thing I've ever seen. For a couple of things. One, I don't think it would work out at all for Texas A&M. Is what we're seeing with a conference realignment. If it doesn't make perfect sense, it's going to go wrong. And Texas A&M barely clears that threshold in the SEC. Mizzou barely clears that 
I, you know, I would say Mizzou does not clear that threshold, actually. They did just suddenly get good, so good on them. But Nebraska, Colorado didn't work out for them. Um, all the uh, – oh, boy, I'm trying to think of who else left their conferences. But a uh, shout-out to the Throwback Frog. He he did a great video on this. But he basically says if you're a Power 5 team leaving your Power 5 conference, it's probably going to go bad. It works yeah. out if you're like TCU going from the Mountain West to the Big 12, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. But otherwise, it doesn't work. And so a lot of these teams are in trouble. And Texas A&M would be in double trouble going to the Big Ten. Are you kidding me? I mean, geographically, it is beyond stupid. From a like, if they're expected, hey, we're, since we played in the SEC for a decade plus and have seen LSU and Bama every single year, we're gonna be we're gonna be ready for this. I don't think you are. Last time I checked, Ohio State and Michigan are two pretty nasty teams. Penn State can eat your lunch, and Penn State's viewed as a joke amongst those first two fan bases I just mentioned. I think Oregon is still around. I think Washington's still around. And you've got some up-and-coming teams, I think, that are going to be some pretty difficult ma- – I mean, Iowa, I'll tell you what, I'd take Iowa over A&M all day. I hate Iowa, but I'm going to take Iowa for sure. They'll, they'll eat their lunch. They, those are disciplined, you know, Midwest guys in the line. They will kill them in the trenches. So, yeah, I don't get it. Nebraska would eat their lunch just like the good old big big 12 days. I mean, get real here. I mean, come on, A&M. Well, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking is that when you throw out teams like Ohio State and Michigan, like Texas A&M is not in that class. They spend like they are. They are. They think that they should be. Uh, you know, maybe you get Cliff Kingsbury and Johnny Manziel back. Then, you know, maybe you get some so some juice going. But, I mean, even in their Big 12 days, they were above average at best. Oh, yeah, they were. I mean, they, I think, got to the conference title game once. Yeah. Once, maybe twice, was- Brandon. Like, and... They didn't do much. Like, no. look, they've got a big fan base. They, I mean, Kyle Field, I mean, is a big stadium, and they do a great job of filling it to the max most to most home games. So I think their fan base is obnoxious as they are. It is a passionate fan base and a solid fan base. That said, though, athletically, I just don't, like, what do they accomplish? Um, Johnny Manziel, I, I can't... Um, whether you hate the guy or love the guy, he's like, you know, the great Pete Weber of bowling. You watch the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you sure watch Absolutely. the guy. Um, I think still the most, a top three absurd college football game I think I'll ever go to, Brandon, is when Johnny Manziel came to Fayetteville, Arkansas in 2013. Uh, and I just want to say, like, you know, they use the term Vietnam that weekend in, in Arkansas, and it was rightfully so. I mean, it was crazy. Big A&M contingency came down. Every, they were doing their midnight call, like, in the middle of Fayetteville, and all these Arkansas fans just show up and start yelling at them while they're doing the midnight. I mean, it was great. It was SEC football oh at its gosh, finest. That's the best. It was. It, it was SEC football at its finest. But outside of that Manziel era where – it's not like they won anything there either. If you're looking from like a conference or anything there, I mean, they were yeah, wildly it like entertaining. Four, it was like a 14 game window. Yeah, it was, it was fast. I mean, Manziel was a two year experience. Yeah. And, and, and granted again, it was a wildly entertaining two year experience, but they didn't win. This program doesn't win. And when times get hard, instead of pointing to themselves, this is a life lesson. I'm talking to myself. Maybe. Sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror first and say, I'm just not good enough. How do we get there? 
They've got the money. They got the facilities. Embrace SEC. Play Texas. Yeah. Play like that's weird. Yeah, like you think like Georgia or Alabama give a half a shit about Oklahoma and Texas joining the conference? They're probably like, heck yeah. Like let's. We, I, it, from my point of view, it's like, okay, well, let's, you know, t- tighten up the conference and, you know, maybe we can compete with the Big Ten one day. Uh, but in their eyes, they're probably like, oh, yeah, we're the best. We want to play the best. I mean, conference realignment and absurdity aside, aside, if you're a good to great program, you embrace competition. And they should be embracing it. And I think they're just, I mean, they clearly are very angry. They left the Big 12 because they wanted to get out of Texas shadow. And to defend them to a point, I do get it. I yeah, do. I get it. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, I'm not going to like, I do understand that. Uh, it's why they left. It's why Nebraska left. Mizzou, Colorado. It's why everybody thought the Big 12 was extinct potentially 12 years ago. Like, it was in serious trouble. And Texas, frankly, was the culprit. That said, though, a lot has changed. The SEC pays more than anybody in media rights. You are an established figure there. Give them credit. They have built legitimate rivalries, an old school one with Arkansas. Them and LSU have built a little bit of beef. Heck, even Alabama, they're on Alabama's radar. Alabama hate does not like A&M. So they've done their job of like becoming relevant. Um, It's weak to me. And I'm going to assume, I'll say it's fake news, but boy, I mean... Yeah, I'll, it's say worth a con- I'll say it's worth a conversation though, because that's ridiculous. And and if it's any team that would pull that, it would be A and M. Yeah, it is just fun to it. it yeah, I, I don't think there's any smoke to it. Of course, I, I don't think there's real big J journalism in saying that the Big Ten wants to add Notre Dame, but it does give us the opportunity to you know shun Texas A and M for a little bit, and I think that's well worth it. Yeah, well, and and Notre Dame. I mean, I guess you know probably should bring that up very quickly too. That's. That'd be very interesting considering they've kind of moonlighted with the ACC for all their programs outside of football, which is independent still, though they have a little four-game, five-game deal with the ACC to play every year. But, yeah, I would be – that said, though, they're going to get some pushback from at least two uh, statewide institutions in Indiana and Purdue. I don't think – Grant, neither one of them are strong from a football history standpoint, but – I'm guessing they'll get a little pushback from those two schools. But, you know, if you're the Big Ten, it makes complete sense Um, from an academic standpoint, too. Yes, academics still exist. Um, But, I mean, it it makes sense. But, yeah, conference realignment, Brandon, we discussed this a couple weeks ago. We're not even close to being done. I I just – I think we'll have another summer of um, a lot of rumors, and then we'll see how it plays going forward. And, and real quick, we are a Big 12 podcast, and I promise we'll get into the Big 12 and the great basketball <laughs> conferences, but uh, we, we spent so much time talking about Texas A&M. Did you get to see that interview with uh, Shannon Sharp and Johnny Manziel? I did catch a few. Of, I, I didn't watch all of it, but I did watch a few clips, Brandon. It's worth every minute. It is so much more like the, the, the documentary I had such high hopes for, and, and it let me down. This is everything that I thought that was going to yep. be, and then some, like some things I wouldn't have even thought about. And he's just openly talking about how much of a douchebag Brian Hoyer was and how that impacted his NFL standing, how, how, you know, intimately he talked about Texas A&M fumbling the bag with Kyler Murray and yep. how he, he mentioned like his success there that we just highlighted on and that every college football fan, you know, who was around during those days 
reminisces on. That was supposed to be the stepping stone to what Texas A&M wanted to be. And in hindsight, if you have a guy like Kyler Murray and you're already on scholarship, already on the team, I and you, you don't make that jump. That's crazy. And uh, of course, all you know his struggles with sobriety. It is worth every second and a half. I might even go watch it again. Just how how openly and honestly he talks about everything. And shout out Shannon Sharp. He is he's great at yeah. these kind of conversations. Yeah, there's not many. Uh, I started with Shannon Sharp. Not many media personalities that can get raw, candid stuff from athletes. Shannon Sharp is one of those guys. He is extremely good. Him, um, you know, I'll even give a Graham Bessinger a little bit of love as well. That guy, excellent interviewer as well. He's, you know, gets some good stuff. And then with Johnny Manziel, kid made a lot of mistakes, Brandon. No one's ever going to deny that. He's not going to deny that. But, you know, I can't imagine just being thrown into, you're an unknown guy, you know, outside of maybe your own fan base in the state. And then within six, seven weeks become an overnight sensation. Yeah. Um, and like 19, 20 years old, unfortunately, I mean, it, it, you know, if he's getting, you know, invited to stuff all around the country with major celebrities or, you know, getting jets or yeah. whatnot, I mean, that's pretty brutal. Not like, how, are you really going to turn that down? Yeah. Like, um, and like what he did for Texas A&M, again, talking about just their fan base and all that. I mean, they were able to, I mean, that, you know, Kyle Field, again, really nice facility now. I think a solid facility even when he was there. But, I mean, that school made, I mean, it was a nine-figure estimate of how much money I think estimated that he helped generate that school. And it was tough not to watch. I mean, he, I mean, he really was must-see TV week in and week out, you know, kind of when he started getting big in mid-2012. Uh, the Alabama game is the one I'll never forget. Now, that first touchdown was just insane. Yeah. Um, you know, the tip, and he throws it, and you're like, this Bama team's loaded, and he is torching them. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I hope he keeps finding a, a path to happiness because um, it's tough to feel too bad. It's a, In a way, he's made millions of dollars, but – of the last what 15 years, Brandon, this is what a top five scrutinized athlete in any sport. Is that oh, fair? God. I mean, I, I think that's accurate. So wish them the best. I'll have to watch the whole thing. I was oh like, my gosh, you you'd know. love it. Yeah, you get such I, a kick out of it. Yeah. You guys, know, because yeah. and the one thing that I well, one of the things I just didn't know was even like on the table is like he he wasn't that far off from coming back to Texas AM for for that third year. Which yeah. would have been such a such a crazy moment and such a crazy all, co- college football history altering kind of thing. But yeah, but yeah, it's a it's no well, coincidence that they had that giant renovation right after he left. Right. Well, and you can't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, isn't that just happened to happen? You yeah. know, like it's oh, we just came across this hundred million dollars. Oh, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, it's why it's why I don't. I, and like his nil stuff. I mean, in today's day i mean i can't imagine I mean, that's a seven figure deal no, deal no question but he really was a very unique exciting talent in college football and he he, he was oh man some of the stuff he pulled brandon i mean his final college game i remember they played duke yeah and they were down just big you know just lost 
And then all of a sudden, you look at the TV again. Oh, they're only down 21. You start to watch them like, and Duke's defense, I'm not saying was exactly outstanding, but like, it was so fun to watch him ball out. And uh, it would have been fun to watch him play another year of college football. If you're a first round projected pick, I don't blame you for going. Um, you know, Minnesota Vikings fan Brandon won't lie to you. I did not want him. I was too scared. I was like, I just, I don't know. But I didn't think he'd flame him out like he did in the NFL either. Yeah. Um, well, the so. Vikings didn't have Brian Hoyer, so that might have helped him out. Hey, hey, we just had the OG Teddy Bridgewater, Brandon. Shout uh, out Teddy, to our guy. Teddy would have been so good to my guy, Johnny. It would have been oh, so Teddy, good. To Teddy him. would have shown a lot of love towards Teddy Bridgewater. Is just a good guy. Retired for the NFL this year, but I, but I'm always going to be a Teddy Bridgewater guy. I love Teddy. Too love Teddy. I love Man. it. Broncos um, legend too. Shout out absolutely. Shout out there. I uh, I do want to put you know I don't want to bring the mood of the show down a little bit, but um, as we move towards college basketball, some tragic stuff over the weekend. Uh, the Duke Wake Forest game. Um, after another court storming, uh, it's just another fan just obliterated by a college basketball player just trying to enjoy the celebration and just assaulted by a sore loser. I we, We've seen it a couple of times now with just, I, I mean, truly like the worst faces of basketball that you think you think. You know, the, the the classic Duke villain, you got that. And then, of course, you know, Caitlin Clark, the, the villain in our eyes, the villain of this show for sure, um, mm. you know, just committing these heinous acts against uh, against these, you know, great fans, just trying to have a good a good time, but um, just unable to get it done. Oh, yeah. And, and again, thank you for the reminder on the on the uh, up oh, top yeah. in that right hand corner. Just yeah. Oh, sorry. Me. I sorry. I forgot. About oh, that yeah. One. No. Yeah. I no. Zero points against Nebraska in the fourth quarter. Don't ever forget. Um, yeah. And they, they I, lost I, Indiana. I got, they lost to Indiana last Thursday. They got blown well, out by Indiana. Oh, yep. my gosh. Eight of 26. OK. I was standing right. right on Caitlin Clark Day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> taxpayer money right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there we go. But um We'll talk court storming first, Brandon, because unlike the other one, uh, this one being the men's game, I, I really don't know if there's really a lot uh, Flip could do for Duke. I, he was put in a pretty bad position. Um, not a lot he can do. And I'm I'm getting a little angry, though, because there's a lot of talk of let's ban court stormings. Let's end them. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, you can't. It's part of the game. It's what makes college basketball fun. Students enjoy it. I think it's a great, great deal. Should there be improvements made? Absolutely. Um, and I can't, it was a big J journalist. I, this is not my idea, but he, he, but I saw on Twitter X this past weekend, one journalist talked to some prominent head coach in college basketball, unnamed. And the coach said, what if we put just a clock on the like scoreboard after they win? 15 seconds, I don't know, it was 15 or 30 seconds, let it count down, let the players go off the court. And it's tough for me, Brendan, because like part of me hates it, but part of me is like, well, I'd rather have that than like no court storming at all. But I just don't think you can ban it. But I, but they, I mean, security's got to make sure like Wake Forest security was horrible. They didn't do their job. I mean, there are kids on the court when there's still clock on the like time on the clock, so they, you know that has to be adjusted. But I, I don't think you should get rid of it. 
Yeah, I. Uh, uh, gosh, that, that, that the idea feels so silly. It feels like you know, so somebody right around New Year's time being like, you know what? Too much bad stuff happens at midnight on New Year's. So what we're gonna do is, what once the New Year starts, we're gonna have another two minute clock, and then yeah. once that two minute clock goes, then we then we're gonna celebrate. You know, we don't want right. you know the, the chaos that comes with celebrating right, right at midnight. Um, but yeah, I. I, I think it's a pretty firm case that this show is very pro court storming. I, I think it's it's one of the things that makes college basketball so unique in college sports in general. And I was watching the, the mostly sports show with Mark Titus, who you know has been kind of the the big educator for me as far as college basketball goes. He's great, and he's yeah. you know everything that he says is, as far as this goes is is very much where where I'm aligned with with. You know, this is what makes the, the, the sport so great. And there's this conflict now with, you know, that the, the college basketball elites trying to make it like the NBA, when in reality, the NBA would do anything to get the kind of tradition and the passion that college basketball inspires. Right. I mean, we're talking about Wake Forest here. Are you kidding me? I know. And, and you're absolutely right. There are protocols that should be in place. I, I remember at the previous incident that we talked in a great deal about, it looked like there was a good protocol in place and the rest of her teammates, mm. um, you can put the pieces together. I won't use names, but the rest of her teammates were um, being escorted by police. And then, um, oh gosh, I don't know how that got back up there. Oh. And then, yeah, she comes, you know, rolling through the, yeah the crowd like a buzzsaw you know th th those protocols have to be tightened up and dialed in because that is you know and and brandon walker up this point if only we had like an example of a court storming gone right where nobody gets hurt oh yeah that's the last hundred years of college yeah. sports yep yep and he's i mean i i agree with everything that you just said like this seems to have only become an issue this what I mean, last couple of years, I feel like it's been more of a prominent. There's this a isn't chat. like a just this year. Like there were some things last year. Yeah, chat. Um, so like, I'm not saying that this isn't a problem. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some adjustments made. I would really focus on that security group, just like holding firm. If if it not initially get that wall in place for the handshake line, make sure there's a you know a lot of security ready to go for. Letting that opposing team get off the court. We don't want anybody hurt. But, man, you can't kill a tradition. I know they, you know, for a while, and I think they still institute them. They're not talked about. They fine teams um, in certain conferences if there's an on, you know, a court storming. Those ADs happily write that $25,000 check because, for sure. they, you know, they it, it is good for their brand and the passion, and it generates interest. Recruits, I think, like it. I mean, if you're not a high major recruit and – um Go into a blue blood. You want to go to a place that you hope has passion for college basketball. And for a team like Wake Forest, it's frankly a once great power. It's had some yeah. great teams, uh, great players. Tim Duncan, Chris Paul, ETC. Um, those kids deserve to storm the court. That was frustration. That was their first sellout in seven years, Brandon. Come on now. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta let the kids enjoy that. You gotta let the kids enjoy that. But I'm not saying there there needs to be better proto or you know better security. I'm not even saying if they need to delay it a few seconds. But that New Year's analogy is pretty bleeping good, and you you might have changed my mind on that one, Brandon. So um, it's an interesting deal, though. He uh, he also threw out his, a scenario where uh, well, you could just get a you know an armed officer out there to escort each person on to the courts if, if you're that worried about 
you know, safety. Just one at a time. He escorts you on. He goes back. He gets the next student. Um, ah, boy, they're, they're they're so spot on with well with their court storming analogies. They're great. Um, I did want to update the uh, the sub counter here real quick. Um, we are up to four. Um, we have Levante David here, uh, Super Bowl winner, um, and now uh, he, he was a Big Twelve legend. So if there's anybody who you know thinking that Nebraska is in the Big Ten, uh, they, the Levante David's a Big Twelve legend. Make no mistake about it. So. Hey, hey, I, I love the road to 50. Four is a solid number right there, Brandon. Same sub all four times, or have you mixed up a little bit? I, boy, I, I'll i have to do the math on how many Jimmy John sandwiches I've eaten over the last year. It's it, it's probably pretty hefty. have not altered my order one time. Same thing. Yeah, the Jimmy Cubano um, extra pickles um, was with pickle chips. What I would do is I'll put the pickle chips on the sandwich. Now I just get the barbecue chips. That's the only alteration. And sometimes I'll forget to, you know, add the, add the, uh, add the extra pickles, but Jimmy Cubano every time the root beer. Sounds like an eat boy. That's, that's a dub right there. That's a dub. Next time I go there, that's what I'm getting out of respect to one of the greats. Oh yeah. 46 to go. Ladies and gentlemen, 46 until that first kick of college football season in late August. You're gonna get there, Brandon. Keep, keep I think the pace. so. Yeah, trust I think the process. So. I think we're at a good pace. Trust the process. Don't let the process break you. Don't be like Doc Rivers and, and go on a, on a rant. Okay, Doc Rivers. How does that guy keep getting chops? <laughs> I don't know. How do you like this? Okay, if he's like retired, unemployed, I don't care if he goes on this wild run. Like this is yeah. hilarious. This he's is great. a yeah. coach of an NBA basketball team who was hired less than a month ago. Less than a month ago, and he's going on just these wild, wild rants. His star player doesn't even like to watch basketball, says, I don't watch film. I don't read scouting reports. I go play. Boy, that's a good example for the rest of your team. And I love Giannis. I yeah. love the guy. I, I was blown away by that. Doc's on a heater right now, though. Good night. I mean, might um, as well. Like, this is, is on the, the court, you know, uh, performances aren't enough to keep him unemployed. He's like, well, now I can just say whatever I want because clearly I'm going to keep getting these jobs despite these historically disastrous playoff runs. I'd be ticked if I was ownership and I heard, you know, well, actually, wouldn't they approach me? I said, well, isn't it, you know, Adrian doing a good job? I, I don't know why you'd want to replace him. You're going to actually say that in the yeah. middle of the season? That's a podcast a two, menace. three years away. You know, that's that's when, you know, George Carl goes on a podcast, rips Carmelo Anthony 10, 15 years after the fact, and then vice versa. That's when you can talk about those things. George Carl is so silly to me because he, he'll be in that camp where he'll he'll criticize Carmelo. And then, A, he'll, you know, complain that his relationship with Carmelo isn't great. And then he'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, the Nuggets should retire both Carmelo and Jokic when they, you know, when Jokic is done. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're either pro Carmelo, and obviously you had some takes, you know, while he was there and after he was gone, or you know you're anti Melo in Denver, and uh, and that's that's Jokic's well earned number. I I don't know. Yeah, you can hear that stuff out like after everything's done, but come on, like yeah, while you're on the payroll is crazy. Kind of kind of nuts, but yeah, shout out to Doc, man. He keeps getting jobs. I mean, his son Austin Rivers, he ripping JJ Redick saying. That man built your career. I'm like, my guy Austin I mean, Rivers. Not, I, I don't hate you, man, but 
Gotta look that's into yourself it. in the mirror, you know. That's yeah, that's not the take. Be careful there, buddy. I respect you, but be careful. Yep, be careful. Just just know. So okay, man. We talking big 12 hoops, Brandon. I, I oh my talk gosh, we do. Hoops. We do. We had a crazy big week. <laughs> we'll pull up the uh the updated standings here. Um, you know, we broke even on the week, you you and I. So uh not great yep. news for me, but uh, you know, another Another week with just a single digit in the loss column for Drew Russell. Uh, boy, that Oklahoma State, that's a, that's a bad beat. That's what's keeping you from, you know, back-to-back one-loss weeks here. Man, that was a great game, Brandon. That game had everything. Stillwater really stepped up. That was a, that was vintage Gallagher-Iva on Saturday. The arena oh, yeah. atmosphere was absolutely, absolutely outstanding. But, yeah, for Oklahoma, I mean, holy buckets what a big win to go in there in a game that you want you want to take be it the last one you're playing still water for an undisclosed amount of time and for McCollum to hit that buzzer beater an incredibly difficult shot it was well contested but he hit the bucket that's quite a win and I know Oklahoma State's at the bottom of the conference but they're playing well at home right now Brandon I give them a lot of credit obviously coach Boynton don't know what his status will be by the end of the season. That remains to be seen. But that team's playing hard right now, and, and they've been tough at home. But what a game. Big win for OU. You're absolutely right. And uh, my big takeaway was absolutely the environment of you know, of Stillwater. And then just in the moment, just having it all sucked out of the building. I, I'll tell you what. I think it's more exciting to see a highlight like that where the entire crowd is, like, dejected. As yep. as opposed to if it was in Norman, because like, I think back to like that uh, that Ray Allen three in Miami, how ele- how crazy mm-hmm. that was, and you get to see the fans' reaction, and that's cool. But like getting to see like Mike's game winner in Utah, oh, there, there's the life it, leave I, these I, people's faces. So I, like, you know, if you're hitting a buzzer beater, Brandon, you know, I only hit one buzzer beater in my life, and it was in front of 20 people at a summer league game. <laughs> You know, like Let's that's go. that's it. That's it. Hey, it counts. But I mean, yeah. you know, it wasn't in front of a big crowd. But I've always said, like, it's always I, I prefer a way buzzer beater where you just silence oh, yeah. the student section. You know, if you're at high school or college, silence the fans because you when you can hear a pin drop in arena or like it's just quiet and you have a little small contingency cheering. That to me, even though it's amazing when you have a big crowd go crazy, don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I like the away of buzzer beater better. I'm with you. Like yeah. there's just something about hitting a bucket in an opposing gym that is just so rewarding. It really is, or a big bucket. There, there's no doubt about it. And then uh, we both uh, we both missed on Baylor. Um, I, I thought for yeah. a moment we were going to get back into that one. I thought we were going to steal that one towards the end there but not quite the case yeah baylor baylor houston that was quite an interesting game because houston was phenomenal the first half houston looked like a national they are still a national clearly contender but i was watching them like how am i gonna pick against this team in march like they are just firing on all cylinders and you know emotional win monday night against iowa state then they have to go to a raucous environment in waco and Baylor had their shots. Baylor, they hit free throws down the stretch, Brandon. We're talking about a wake of great win for the Baylor Bears at home. Uh, missed opportunity for them. And 
you know, I mean, Houston could have easily won in regulation. They were 0.2, 0.3 seconds uh, too late on that buzzer beater. Um, similar to that Iowa State game. The only difference was it was tied, and uh, they went to OT and they took care of business. So a major win for Houston. And kind of looking at their schedule uh, down the road, I mean, still got Kansas on it. That's at home, though. They won't have to go on the road there. Um, it's Houston's to lose. They're in great shape yep. with two weeks to go for the regular season title. And do you want to point this out? So th- I did find some uh, some clarity on the tiebreaker, you know, as a, as a pro Iowa State leaning, mm-hmm. you know, organization. So the the first two, the first tiebreaker for head to head is head to head, of course, and with Iowa State and Houston that splits. And then the, the next tiebreaker rule is interesting. Each team's record versus the team occupying the highest position in the final regular season standings, and then working their way down through there. As of right now, and in this scenario where. Uh, Iowa State still in it. It has to be Iowa State wins out and Kansas beats Houston, which would then make Kansas the third team. And if I'm not mistaken, that would give Iowa State the tiebreaker because they beat Kansas there 100% against them. Yes. And that would, that's, you're on the nose right there, Brandon. That's exactly that tiebreaker. Would would break down. That said, you know, co-champions if they tie, but you know, I and really the only difference is it'd be a one seed in Kansas City for Iowa State, which could be significant. Um, I mean, you don't have to see. Well, I guess you wouldn't have to see Houston to the finals if you're the two seed, anyways. Sure, and, and, and I'm going to talk more. You know, Kansas always has a heavy contingency. There, I mean, it's a 45 minute drive from downtown Kansas City yeah. to Lawrence, so they're going to always have the heaviest contingency. If you can find a way where if they're a three seed and you can avoid them uh, and try to get a few more of your fans, um, you know, Baylor, great. Look, they're not going to have as big of a fan base in KC. It's just simple mathematics. Um, But what a race, what a season it's been. And, you know, for Houston, they're in great shape for that one seed. Um, Unless they really struggle down the stretch, they're going to be a one seed in the tournament. No one's debating that. And sure. We'll see how, how it breaks down. Nine teams right now, if uh, based on bracketology, and I think pretty firm teams um, in for for the Big Twelve right now. So, and that's what that's um, you know that's what makes it fun right now. That's crazy. But another full slate here, and this time we're actually able to to get in the the, the full week slate here. Ooh. Outstanding stuff here. Um, a couple of games going on as we're recording this right now. So uh, we'll, we'll get started um, with West Virginia, Kansas State. That's in Manhattan playing tonight. Um, yeah, that's, I saw uh, Kansas State being on the, the first four out. They're on the – they're knocking on the door. Yeah, they're right there. They were able to kind of find some significant, uh, you know, a needed victory on, on Saturday. Um, and you know, that game, uh, already concluded Brandon, that one, uh, unbelievable matchup. Um, and so we're both going to take a victory on this one. K state winning in overtime, 94 to 90 over West Virginia. That's a season saving victory for Kansas state. Um, because they lose that one. That's a bad lot. West Virginia is a stingy team. One that's been difficult, uh, you know, Kansas State led by 22 at halftime, lost the lead, and had to go to OT, um, and were able to find a way to gut it out. But 
Uh, that's a season-saving win. If they lose an OT outside of a big run in Kansas City, there's no way they're making yeah. the tournament. So they definitely saved their NCAA chances right there. Survive in advance. I appreciate that. Baylor and TCU, the uh, the rivalry. Um, some folks in a marketing department will call it the blue bonnet battle. Not, oh, not in the streets here with Drew Russell. <laughs> if you if you hear anybody in your circle calling calling it that, it's not they're they're not with it. Yeah, I've never not heard that term it. in my life. Uh, the, well, I've heard blue bonnet. I've I've heard that, but not the for that rivalry. Uh, I'd say that's fake news. But no, that sounds uh, that's very real. Uh, great matchup, two teams that need it badly. Give me TCU at home. Uh, that's going to be a TCU at home. We'll find out. Uh, well, we'll see if we're right or wrong by the time this recording comes out. We we'll already know that answer. But I got TCU. Uh, love Jamie Dixon. Best widow's peak in the NCAA with the hair. I, I love Jamie. Yeah, they they just announced it this year. Um, the Blue Bonnet Battle. Oddly enough, like it, it, it is a pretty good name considering the, uh, the prominency of the blue battles yeah. or the, the blue bonnet flower here in the, the DFW area. But if you're naming the storied rivalry, 1899 um, based on a flower that you find on the side of the road, you, you, you got to do better. You got to do better. And the rival, the revivalry is absolutely where it's at. Um, and this portion of the revivalry, I will take uh, Baylor. Once I pull my spreadsheet back, I've got a little too excited there, but yeah. I'll take Baylor. Um, in a pretty significant game too, just in terms of uh first round. You know, if you're a top, you know, four team in in KC, you get that you know double buy, which is pretty big in both teams yeah. right now. You know, you know, Houston, Iowa State, Kansas, all kind of in their own tiers at one, two, and three, and then TCU, Baylor, and Texas Tech, three legendary Texas schools, all sitting. Uh, right on that line, obviously, when this comes out, uh, one of these teams will be up that rung uh, at least half a game. But, yeah, I mean, a pretty significant one, uh, one that's going to matter, definitely. All right, then we get to the slates. I think these are the Tuesday night games. Uh, we started with Cincinnati and Houston. Uh, can you talk me into Cincinnati at all? Or is I cannot. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah, your I... world, and you can live in it if you want, Brandon. But this is my easiest pick of all these games. I got Houston at home. Yeah, I'm right there with you. <laughs> BYU and Kansas. Can the Cougars uh, get into Lawrence and, and clip them? Yeah, this is the ultimate, like, whoever's the home team between these two teams. I'm taking the home team. Yeah, so it's going to be Kansas. Uh, BYU has been, I said this last week, they're great at home, but they've yeah. been very average on the road. But uh They've had a great year, Brandon. I mean, they win this. This would be a 20-win season, and um, this Cougars team's good. Uh, but Kansas Kansas at home uh, is great, too, sometimes unbeatable. And the next one I think is pretty interesting. We got Texas at uh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech kind of uh, getting pushed around by Central Florida over the weekend. Um, didn't have that one on our card. I think that's one that we both got wrong. Yeah, or... Yeah, they did. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Oh, darn it, Brandon. Oh, man. All right. Oh, I got to read We had numbers. such nice records that you had to I go know. and be oh, accurate with man. your statistics. All right. All right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, UCF I, was. Even a, after the fact, I was so sure that Texas Tech was going to win that one. Yeah, it was not oh. close. It was a 14 point no. win for, for Central Florida. They were great. Um, Texas Tech, they, they're a current five seed projected based on ESPN's Joe, Joe Lenardi. Texas has been very good on the road this season. I think that's an underrated 
um, statistic. They have been one of the conferences, uh, you know, finer teams on the road, at least in conference play. That said, though, you just know the United Supermarkets Arena, one of my favorite arenas in the conference, is going to be rocking because they hate Texas and they want to give them a proper good guy goodbye. Even if they were 20-point dogs, I'm taking you, Texas Tech Red Raiders. I love, love my friends out in West Texas. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, my, my confidence for this game isn't very high, but I th- th- there's just that uh, that's optimistic part of me. It's like they're, they're not going to give Texas the eternal scoreboard here. They're going to take care of business. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, so Chris Beard, though, that was a big deal. You know, when he yeah. left Tech for Texas, I really felt already some juice in that rivalry. That ramped it up to a 10. And Chris Beard did some dumb, uh, hyper dumb yep. stuff, deserved to get <laughs> fired. And, uh, you know, people said, well, he coached in college basketball again. Of, of course, Ole Miss, they needed help. So, oh, yeah. I mean, SEC will, will look away. Oh, that's that. You can count on that. That's, hey, that's hey, for sure. sure. Oh, you sure can, for you sure. You sure can. And you can count on a great performance for Iowa State at home. I guess maybe not so great on Saturday against West Virginia. You would have liked that to be a little bit yeah. wider of a spread. But uh, they'll have an opportunity to you know build on to Oklahoma coming to town. Um, last last trip, they'll make to Hilton. Last trip, yeah, pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I was talking with an older Iowa State fan a couple days ago. And we are talking about o- Oklahoma. He said, you know, Oklahoma, like now their basketball program, they don't really care. But he said back in like, you know, the 80s, 80s and 90s under the direction of a wonderful, very good coach and Billy Tobbs, he said, he said, he said, I'm telling you, Hilton Coliseum, they were the most ticked off when Oklahoma came to town every year. Like Let's more go. than Kansas, more than any. So when OU came to town, people like got like, that's when they got the most angry. And so... You know, it is kind of sad to see that one go just from an Iowa State perspective. This is a good OU team. Hilton will definitely have some juice because Oklahoma beat them back in early January. Um, again, Iowa State, not great Saturday. Got the win. Still undefeated in Hilton. Until that changes, there's no way I'm not picking them. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, kind of where I'm at. Uh, and I think it, it's even something where, like, even if it was in Norman, I, I'm i not picking Oklahoma over Iowa State. Just in my heart of hearts and this, uh, this mouse pad that we found while we were moving. I mean, we're not picking against the clothes. Hey, that's not that's, today. Uh, not ever. That's a beautiful mouse pad right I, there. Brandon. Yeah. Let's go, that. dude. Uh, let's yeah, go. You know, you know, what's up, you know, I've got to wrap that. Yeah. Yeah. We may, our, our ball takes might be a little bit uh, up and down here, but our mouse pad, priorities are that's that's an elite uh that's an elite mouse pad right there so that's that's elite good as it gets uh speaking of elite basketball we got central florida coming to stillwater boy what do you make of this one well this is a college basketball sickos game if i've ever seen one branded this is this is not for the faint of heart and i you know i'm guessing i'm guessing this is an espn plus game i haven't looked at the at the full schedule on that yeah, but espn plus it is a plus game so hey i say money well spent if you're a sicko you want to watch <laughs> this game you go for it uh i've been on the oklahoma state train last couple weeks for some reason they're at gallagher iba and i am just all in on the cowboys uh ucf they're coming off a great win over texas tech i've been high on this yeah, they're only two games over 500. I've been high on UCF this season. Um, 
I don't know what to expect. Um, you know what? They let me down Saturday, Brandon. Give me Central Florida on the road. I'll, I'll take Central Florida. Yeah. I'll regret I, it, but I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and get, uh, get Oklahoma State here. I, I was prepared to, you know, sell you on, you know, the, the letdown that Oklahoma State's probably feeling, but um, I'll, you know, flip, flip it back around. Uh, before that, they were playing some good ball. They got BYU double digit yeah. win there. They went up to Cincinnati, picked up a win there. Uh, then we're just moments away from taking down Oklahoma. Um, so I think, you know, if, if they can refocus, you know, it's a, it's a Thursday game. So they got some extra time to, to rally the troops. I'll tell you what, Brandon, if I'll, I'll give you a pass right now. If you want UCF, I will do a switch with you. No. Okay. No, I, I, I like how there's no good out. I, I mean, we could make a road trip down there. Take as low as $2. Two bucks? Yeah. Oh, man. Folks, why go to an NBA game and pay 50 times that when you can just see just <laughs> sheer brilliance at two bucks oh, in the Wednesday Raptors night by yourself? Stillwater. Well, I mean, it looks like the, you know, the Oklahoma Iowa State game tickets are only 10 bucks. Oh, that well, and yeah, that's that's a low key sickos game, too. I, I love that game. Yeah. Now, it'll be a good game. Cool. It'll be a good game. So. And that brings us to the Saturday slate, probably the, the most oh, uh, exciting matchup of the week here. We'll, we'll get started with a Kansas and Baylor. Um, I, not crazy big implicate. Well, I, I guess if you're looking from from the lens of like we don't want to we don't want to see Houston in, in until the the final day of the tournament, that's got to be something that that they think about. But boy, I mean, just a, a great basketball matchup. We're talking about the sicko games on Wednesday. This is not. Uh, this is a you know an all all hands on deck situation. Boy, KU Baylor, that's been a great basketball rivalry the last few years. Never in a million years, um, if you told me twenty years ago that Baylor would be a regular power in college hoops, no chance. I believe you. That team was on the death penalty of college basketball after you know serious scandal twenty plus years ago, but. Scott Drew's done amazing work. It's quite a game. Baylor's home, been great home this year. Kansas has been a kind of, uh, let's go below average away. And yet, Brandon, and yet, there is something for some reason telling me KU finds a way to get it done on the road. I don't know why. They'll be an underdog, but they're a traditional power. I'm going to take Kansas on the road. And I really don't have any good reason for you either. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the home team here. Um, I and I'm I mean I'm in the same kind of boat that you're in. I don't have great an analysis here on on why I think Baylor is going to get it done, but I think this is the point in the year where wins like this are, are going to be what propels you into the postseason. I think Baylor probably needs that a little bit more than Kansas does at this point, um, uh, especially just with you know, the recent history there, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Baylor at home. Um, ABC game. So we get to watch that uh, lovely camera angle on uh, network television. So that'll be great. Oh, that's good. That's going to be just nothing but smiles right there. When people, <laughs> everybody's going to be so excited to watch that. Uh, we've, we've done our rant on the camera <laughs> angle. They'll fix it. I believe in you, Waco. I believe in you. And now we got uh, a, a good old, Big 12 matchup that I'm going to miss the the burnt orange and the, the Oklahoma State orange in Austin. 
Um, I'll take Texas here. I'll jump out, make my pick first. Um, I think this is where the, the Cowboy momentum is going to kind of falter. I think that's a tough ask, no matter how good I, I think that they're playing going in. Yeah, uh, I got to join you on this one, Brandon. Uh, to, if Oklahoma, I, Oklahoma State pulls this off, though. Um, I mean, that's the type of win that Mike Boyton can kind of go at the end of the year and say, "We're, I'm telling you, we're making progress. Give me some more time. Let me keep building this program how I see fit. When it Texas Saturday, that helps alleviate yeah. that for sure. No one no one would debate that. Yeah. Up next, the the uh, the the winner for the cheapest ticket on Saturday in Orlando, Iowa State and UCF. Um, I mean, we, we talked about the mouse pads here. Any any Boy. words in, uh, in favor man. of uh, UCF? I, I don't love this game for Iowa State, Brandon, because UCF has been a tough cookie at home yeah. this season. I do not love this game. That said, though, um, I'm going to say we over, we've over we been very good against teams that are in the lower half of the conference this season, um, home and away, and I'll, I'll say that trend continues. Now, this next game, two teams I, I've never had a good footing on. I We're you know, a few days away from March and I still have no idea what to think about either of these teams. Um, I'll go with the home team, West Virginia, I guess. No analysis, just, uh, it feels like as much of a coin flip as almost as much of a coin flip as Oklahoma state UCF. Uh, so yeah, I'll keep the home team. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, Brandon, it. West Virginia is, I mean, what, 10 games under 500, at this current juncture after this loss tonight or, you know, nine and 19 yet they're playing well. I mean, they're definitely playing their best basketball this season right now. It's a good pick. I don't blame you. I'm going to go Texas tech on the road. I'm going to say they try to, they find a way, but kind of similar to, um, you know, that, that Kansas game. Don't love it. I, I would not be shocked. West Virginia won this. I like how they're playing right now. Yeah. Kansas state and Cincinnati. This will be kind of a a, a sickos game. <laughs> I don't know, uh, no tradition there yet, but we it's a it's a Bruin. Um, what do you think here? What what do you make of Goodness. this? You this is uh, yeah, Cincinnati's been they've been adjusting this year to this conference as a proud basketball city, one that's seen some great tradition. K State, I I don't even know what to. This anything could happen this game. I, I don't feel good. Um I'm gonna say Cincinnati, um, they're gonna find the home advantage and no, they're not gonna tape your huddle behind the scenes. Um, <laughs> and so I'm gonna go with Cincinnati at home. They'll be on the watch. Um here they have yeah. good Wi Fi there, so maybe maybe they can get away with it. I'll take uh, I'll take the the Wildcats. I guess they're both cats, so I can't just say cats. Um, but give me the purple cats here. Uh, yeah, I, I, I got it's award winning analysis right there from both of us, Brandon. <laughs> I mean, we're I mean, people, dialed in people, boy, they're they're watching, they're listening to this saying, boy, these guys really know what they're talking about. But I mean, that's the thing is, is I'm not sure anybody when, when it comes to teams like Kansas State and Texas Tech and West Virginia, and since I don't think anybody truly knows what's going on. Because it's not like yeah. we're not paying attention. It's not like we're following these teams oh, yeah. on a week-to-week basis. I I just have no. I, uh, it could go either way, and I'm I have no shame in admitting that that's where my analysis comes from. Is 
Yeah, no, I I fully agree with you. I, I have no idea, again, like for both these programs right now, Kansas State, it's a little surprising how much of a downfall they've had this season because they were playing great through mid-January, playing great yeah. basketball, but they've really had just a slide that tough to explain. I still think their program trajectory is fine long-term, but still tough to explain. Cincinnati right now, they're kind of, I think, They've got to be nervous because, again, they do have a good basketball history. They've had some great, great teams. But also, this isn't the AAC where you can be a top four team pretty much yearly. You know, even if you're not good, you can still find wins and potentially make it at large Big 12. It's unrelentless. If you're not ready to go, you're going to learn the hard way. So, I don't know. Do I need to get the, uh, the whiteboard out and, you know, you know, Get the you know get that line chart for f around and find out. I mean, I can do that if needed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you know. So, and up next, Houston goes to Norman. Are you giving Oklahoma any shot here, or are they just run into a, the buzz saw known as the Houston Cougars? Well, Oklahoma at home is a pretty interesting team. They'll fight. Um, if Houston was to lose a game, I think this last four, I think this one would definitely be one that's kind of piques my interest. <clears throat> But it's kind of same with some of these top teams right now, but especially them, Brandon, it's just tough not to pick them. Uh, That Baylor win on the road really impressed me. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. Is if uh, I'm going to be wrong on a lot of these, I'm sure. Uh, But if I'm wrong on this one, that's one that's going to I'll still be able to hit the pillow at night. No problem. No, and I, I, I made the right call. Yeah. And TCU and and BYU and, and Provo, boy, what a. What a fun game. This is a great, I love this game. This game, yeah. uh, that might be, that's kind of a must watch. So what, eight o'clock on a Saturday night? That is, that's oh, a promo special up. if I've ever heard that one. Um, I, this team has been great at home this season. I've talked about BYU and home and beat that dead horse over and over, but they've been really good. Um, only two home losses, Houston, and of all teams, Cincinnati got them uh, back in early January. So, which is See, hilarious to me. Is so- can't tell me that anybody knows what's going to happen. Yeah, it's just it's. I mean, they've beaten some great. I mean, some great teams. They've gotten Iowa State. They beat Baylor, uh, Texas. They beat handily. Um, I love this team at home. I'm going BYU, but TCU I think will compete. TCU would definitely be there. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. Um I uh, yeah, there's the the home court is is what's getting me. I'm trying to see if there's any others that that, that I'm willing to flip just to just to, you know, break up the the continuity that we have because it's great we're dialed in we're a good team but i i i gotta pick up some wins i'll uh i'll, I'll say texas actually picks up the win against texas oh, tech it hurts man. always horns down but you know we got oh, uh man. we got some catch i am really too. saddened by that one brandon i was all yeah. in on that cohesion from us on yeah uh, i would almost sacrifice one of my picks just to make sure you stay in <laughs> texas tech like i i would uh I don't know which one though, but I would can actually consider. Uh, I would consider doing that. That hurts to see that turn. Yeah. But if, if you it's feel uh, if you feel that way, what am I going to say? You know, what, yeah. what am I going to say? So, uh, but it's a, it's going to be again two weeks till a Big Twelve Conference tournament in Kansas City. It's going to be 
that's going to be a great event under three weeks to go until we get those brackets branded. And I mean, when this comes out, we'll have first four action in three weeks away. So it's a great time of year. Uh, Brackets, they're going to be busted like crazy. And I look forward to the NCAA tournament every single year because it's, there's just no sporting event like it. Um, One of the most depressing days of my life. No question. You saw me, Brandon, when 2020 happened and we're looking forward to what should have been a phenomenal NCAA tournament and it gets canceled due to COVID and it was awful. Uh, It really was a brutal, brutal experience to miss out on that. But this tournament has a chance uh, every year. It's special, but this one could be, I think for the big 12, man, I could see this conference racking up quite a few wins. I'm right there with you. I can't wait. Any final thoughts on the week? Should be a fun one. Should be a great, uh, great week. Uh, college baseball underway. Oh, and, yeah. uh, a lot of big 12 schools starting to ball out. There's uh, quite a few uh, good ones this year. And, uh, you know, historically, I don't watch a lot of college baseball, Brandon, until postseason. But it's a great sport. It's an up-and-coming sport. And they wear jerseys where, you know, they're not see-through. And I think that's really nice compared to the yeah. current Major League Baseball. Yeah. Uh, Jersey. I, I just want to point that out. That, something like that's so wrong. Um, yeah, Major League Baseball. Here's thinking about uh, you know getting into OnlyFans uh, based I on what so. I'm, uh, I know, well. based on on their jersey. Got to get those so. uh, viewership numbers up somehow. That, I guess. Yeah. Well, Rob Manfred, he, he announces retirement in five years. So uh, I mean, boy. I would start at you know uh, blackouts, uh, but if they want to go, you know, change up the fabric. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, yeah, if you live in the state of Iowa, let's have six teams blacked out. That yeah. that sure is a lot of fun. But uh, six teams be... blacked out in Iowa. How uh, how many pro baseball teams are in Iowa? Do you wrestle? Mm-hmm. Can you answer that question? Well, we there's did six host, that are blacked uh, out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and I, maybe uh, the Field of Dreams game. Maybe they got confused. They said maybe. we did host that, so we maybe. got blacked out. Every team that borders you guys, even though you're not even remotely close to like you know Milwaukee or yeah. St. Louis, Kansas City, any of them. Chicago teams, Minnesota. Kind of, it's a, it's a bunch of hooey, is what it is, Brandon. Hooey. Yeah, I and and that drove me insane. Because first of all, I, when I was going to school in Council Bluffs, uh, you get that same. I I I don't think you get the full six, but I think you still get four, four or five. But then you go across the river, and then it's just one in Nebraska. But you only get one regional sports network. But no matter where you're at in the, the the greater Des Moines area, so if that team's blacked out, I can make peace with. It. I can sleep at night knowing, okay, well, if I want to watch this team, if I want to watch the Royals, I can. I have access to Fox Sports Midwest. I can make peace with that. I don't have access to Milwaukee's Bali Sports or whatever they do up there. I mean, how? I mean, nobody really wants to watch the Brewers, anyways. But you get what I'm saying. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a quick decree. To uh, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds. Kim, I'm telling you right now, I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm not saying I'm not. Whatever that is, fix this. I will consider leaving your state. I I have, Brandon. If I leave Iowa, that would legit be like uh, on my list of reasons. It's infuriating. So to her, to any government admin in Iowa, find a way to fix this. This is a great state, but you're... I don't know what you can do with anything. <laughs> you got to figure that out. I mean, th- that's brutal. I don't care. We America deserves to. Uh, I love baseball. And, uh, you know, as fun as it is to watch the Miami Marlins play, 
uh, I, I prefer to watch, you know, maybe some more regional yeah. teams as well. So fix it. There we go. Shout out Kim Reynolds. Didn't think she'd get a shout out on the podcast. Hey, you know, that's the beautiful thing about the Big 12 or go home, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, hey, she got two shout outs. I mean, we talked about taxpayer money earlier and how that's being burnt on uh, specific that's true. individuals. So she is. Uh, that was a more inadvertent, not mentioned by name, but I mentioned her by name. I said yeah. in a polite tone, uh, you know, so come on, come on, fix it, please help us. <laughs>